and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. An exciting thing that can happen when you get a podcast is that you get sponsors. So here's the first one for Won't You Sing With Me. I had a bunch I could choose from, so I chose Blinjet because I love smoothies, but I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my Blinjet 2 Portable Blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. There are a bunch of cool colors to choose from. I personally chose the pink. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code KINDYLOVE to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com com and use the code KINDYLOVE to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Now on with the show. Hello. Today I'm speaking with Todd Melanecker and Chrissy Mandeli from the band Todd and Tina. They're a music duo from Minnesota and they have two albums out right now, Kaboom and Dynamite, and they're really awesome. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be talking with you. I listened to your two albums, which are delightful. I really love the one for parents, the at the end that you Oh, know. minimum parenting. <laughs> yes. Parents is really funny. Um, yeah. It's a shout out to the adults. Yeah, it's a nice little it's like a little gift to the parents listening. And it seems like you got a great system going. I got a great band, your your own little team, which is really nice. I think not everyone works in teams, but I know from experience it's so great to have a band, you know, multiple people working on the same project. So uh, how did you guys get started? How did you get started making children's music or even just in music? How did you meet? You know, what's the story there? I was always, well, I've been doing music since I was like fifth grade, like almost every musician, just doing stuff for fun and playing in the high school bands, playing in the college bands, playing in the post-college bands and touring the country in a station wagon and doing all that sort of thing. And then I kept doing it and then real life gets in the way. And so I kind of fell into jingle writing and I'd still write songs. And then every time I had a song, I'd tell my wife, I'd say, ah, I'm gonna send this one to Little Caesars and they're gonna buy it. and It's gonna pay for the kids college. And she'd just be like, I've heard this before. And then lo and behold, one Friday I sent it. And then she called me on Wednesday and she's like, you'll never believe who called on the house phone. And she's like, Little Caesars called, <laughs> they wanna buy your song. And I was like, no, right? And she's like, the guy picked up the phone and she, he started singing the song to my wife. And my wife was like, 
what? And she's like, we like Little Caesars pizza. She didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the guy called me and I called him at the office and he's like, Todd, Todd, I love the song. It's a hit. It's like, what do you want for it? And I, I've never like monetized other than, you know, you play for 50 bucks here and there. But as a musician, everybody knows that story. But I've never monetized things. And then he's like, you know, I, what about this? And he's like, but, you know, I am going to have to change a couple of things. So that at the end of the day, I am selling pizza. And I'm like, that's cool. This isn't Dark Side of the Moon. Like, I had a song called um, Pizza Pizza, So Nice to Meet Ya. Anyways, it ended with, we could get married and have pizza babies and we can eat them all night. That was the original song. And... I don't know why they didn't want the <laughs> They didn't want the original. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's their loss. But, and then after that, uh, it just kind of, I kind of turned that into a side gig where I started writing jingles for a bunch of different people because once you get that in the resume. And then I just kept going and I just always wrote goofy songs. And I stepped in and helped with some of the jingle singing as well. Yeah. Todd would write something. He's like, I need a female voice. And so that's how our music collaboration happened. We had known each other for years as friends, but the musical collaboration began in the jingle writing. And then so in COVID, Todd called me and he's like, hey, hey I, I wrote this silly song. I just kind of want to record it. Would you come on over and sing it? And yes, because what else did we have to do? It was COVID time. And so we did, we recorded one song and one turned into another and another. And all of a sudden, 10 songs later, we had our album and a band name and threw it out into the world to see what happened. And yeah, Todd Tina was born. Is a pandemic band. Okay. That's yeah. these pandemic bands. Some of them can be so, I mean, they're really special. Not everyone had the luxury of getting to do that. So the ones that came out of it is I've always just seen that just, it seems like a very joyful time in that dark period. Well, and that was certainly part of it too. Um, my background in music, I'm an elementary music teacher. And so I was really missing that creative outlet with my students and trying to do online music school is impossible. And so it was just nice to be able to get together and make music with somebody else during that time, other than, you know, our own families who I know my family was sick of being in my music videos for school and they needed somebody else. They needed to just be with somebody else than me doing music with them. So it was nice that it worked out for Todd and I. Yeah. And it worked out really well because I, well, she was doing that at school. She was learning the visual side and I'd have the music. So we do that. And then it's kind of like, okay, here's the song. Let's record a video and you can put together the video. Yeah. And so we have like a nice little assembly line. That's yeah. the way it works. It, yeah. So COVID, again, COVID skills helped us to, to grow our Co COVID our skills 101. That's right. COVID <laughs> skills. And I do think there's something about deadlines where like the COVID lots of musicians you hear like they didn't have a deadline or anything so they just push things off you're like well Netflix today and we'll do that tomorrow Wait, so what's your age range like what age range are you aiming for because you're an elementary teacher is that kind of what you were going for to help your students specifically um it was never this is going to sound terrible it was never really about my students per se <laughs> it was just it was it was for us yeah and it was for us to have fun and and um 40 to 44 year olds. Yes. And, and really we market it as family friendly because we think that young kids can enjoy it. My students at school really love singing along with the songs when I share with them. Um, Todd and I both each have two children each and they are middle school, high school age and they enjoy listening to the music. And so um, we really just feel like we can market to a, a wide range of 
ages. Mm-hmm. So you see lots of children bands where they more aim for like four to seven year olds. And I don't know if we're really aiming for that. We just basically we look for fun stuff and stuff that's entertaining to us that we can still listen to. So basically you, you've you've had the experience of playing for all different ages and you see that it mm-hmm. resonates with everyone. Yeah. Is there anything in particular when you're writing the songs, you know, being an elementary school teacher, did you think of any, did you use any of those tools or any of that training or any of that like education you have regarding childhood development when you were going into children's music? Um, no, actually, because I, I never really came into this project as, as um, something really for, for the, my students at school or even, you know, how kids would respond to it. It really was just more of a, we want to have fun and we want to create and, and Todd can speak more to this, but his philosophy is just throw it out into the universe and see what happens. And so we really took that approach with this whole uh, project and is turned into now this, you know, this really wonderful collaboration where we enjoy getting together and, and creating music and performing. We're performing a lot in the cities where we live. And, and so really, you know, we are just glad that people like to listen to it and are appreciating it and, and want to keep making more. I guess I, w- I wonder what makes it children's music then? How, what, why is it children's music and not adult? Music? Probably the subject matter. And I think there's a lack of seriousness in everything we're doing where it's just, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to. And even back in the day when I had bands and stuff, it, oh, I, I, I like a catchy chorus and I like a short little catchy song. And it seems to resonate with kids more than adults. But like I said, we don't pander specifically to kids. But if I think the song's funny, I'm like, oh, well, this is good. But then there's also the comedy where you don't want to end up. Well, you do want to end up at some point like Weird Al in terms of success. But you don't want to be a purposely funny. But you, want, you don't want to be try pers- these out in like Wait. comedy shows or whatever. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> every performance that's, is a comedy. That's show, our. Right? Uh, we, we were at her school. <laughs> we played our first show at her school a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, we always start bantering back and forth in between songs. And what, what was it? A first grader. He's like, shut up and play some music. <laughs> I, we just, he didn't say the shut up part, but he did. He's like, play some music. And we just laughed so hard because like, we're getting heckled by a seven-year-old. Yeah. We're like, all right, well, we better start well, playing some I music. Know it. And I feel like the comedies are strong suit. <laughs> His parent was mortified. That's pretty funny. But it was, but, but I think, you know, I think it's just fun to watch kids interact with it. And I think that the subject matter, the fact that we're writing songs about jellyfish and chickens, you know, being spliced together and, and, you know, French toast being the most important, you know, breakfast food there is kids, kids like that silliness. And so I think that's, that's why we're finding our audience there. So did you, so you went into the album, just making a funny album and then it happened to be for children. I should say when during the pandemic, we kept uh, my family and I, we went on a road trip to South Dakota, beautiful South Dakota. And I kept hearing the presidents of the United States of America on the radio, like nonstop. Right. And I was just like, what? And then I got back to Minnesota and I turned on like the local station and they were on. And I'm like, what in the world? Why am I hearing these guys all the time? And then I looked up what Chris Ballou was up to these days. And then I saw that he did Casper Baby Pants with all the children's music. Right. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, not. May, of course, you're only picking out what you want to see. But you're like, well, maybe the universe is telling me this would be a good avenue to pursue. And I started reading up on what he's been up to. And actually, I spoke with him and contacted him. And it's kind of cool where it's just like, OK, well, maybe that's the stream we should follow because signs are pointing to that. 
so you had already written the songs before your trip or after? Uh, no, well, kind of during it. I, I always just write songs like dermatologist astronaut came about because I was at a dermatologist earlier in the week and I was telling my wife, I'm like, oh, I should have been a dermatologist. That, that would have been a cool career. And then I watched something on NASA's Apollo three or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I should have been an astronaut. Like that would have been awesome. And she's just like, well, you should be a dermatologist astronaut. And then I just go away and I'm like, oh, I got a song. I'm a dermatologist astronaut. Yes, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I love popping zits and I love orbiting. You know, and they just kind of throw goofy things together. And of course, no self-respecting adult's going to walk around with a shirt that says, I'm a dermatologist astronaut. If kids can, well, and like we play about Spare the Rock, we're buddies with Bill Childs there. He's just like, you're a weird group. <laughs> we're like, yeah, well. Oh, we take pride in that, too. <laughs> I think that embracing silliness is definitely an aspect of children's music that makes it, you know, and family music that makes it children's music. And it's, def- it's definitely important. And not to take yourself so seriously with all of it, too, right? Yeah. You have to be lighthearted and fun and, and be willing and be willing to be silly with the music, too. And I think, you know, sometimes, Many adults can appreciate that, but kids definitely can. Like, they just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we kind of yeah. want to do, too. Like, like, we've had a song, if Darth Vader had an iPhone. Yeah. When we play it live, we break into a verse in Wookiee, and we break into a verse in Droid. And we're at farmer's markets, and people are just like, what? No. They're either loving it or thinking, like, what on earth are these grown people doing yeah. right but again if you're not if you're not able to laugh at yourself doing these silly things then i don't know why are you doing it you know having talked to all these children's musicians at this point now it it your stuff is is definitely in like the elementary school age range you know like you're, you're looking you're writing these things that are funny but maybe a, a zero to three-year-old it's not necessarily things that they're going to repeat and like for their little brains you know to, it's not for brain development. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not for brain development. It's for kind of personality development. That's right. I like that. There's too many words in oh, our songs gosh. for it to be easy enough for three-year-olds. Like, yeah. like, well, they can yeah. like it. They probably dance yeah. to it. I'm sure they love it. We have the lyric sheets, and we're like, how long is this song? And we're like, what, a minute 50? It's four pages long. <laughs> it's like Bob Dylan would have taken six minutes to get through this song. <laughs> yeah, with all the words. Yeah, there's a lot of really fun stuff. And then you also have your your videos that you make and that came through the pandemic as well. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun to put together. One of the things that I really enjoy, and Todd and I have talked about this before, I love the fact that our kids are in our music videos mm-hmm. and it's something that we can do with them um, just great. just for fun. And, and they can appreciate that, you know, we are who we are. And, you know, we're putting these things out into the, the world. They're and, the right price too. Yeah, they are <laughs> free. <Yeah>. Usually dinner. <laughs> um, but I, that's right. But I just think that, you know, the life lessons we're teaching our kids through this too is really, really important. And, and it's just fun to hang out with them too, you know, and then there are greatest promoters because they're on social media, right? So they're putting things out when, when our videos drop and, and sharing it with our friends as well. I certainly came into this also just making silly music. You know, I, I, before I did, so I, the reason I asked about the comedy thing is because I was a stand-up before I got into kids' music. And so a lot of my songs, I used to perform for adults. <laughs> just the exact same way I perform them for kids now. And I still sometimes do, occasionally. But, like, I literally wrote most of my... Not most of it, but, like, my first few songs just for grown-ups. And I had released an album that was just, like, a silly album. I called it Silly Jazz. And then 
then somebody said, you know, your kid, my kid likes this album, just so you know. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, because I have a song about the Muffin Man, but I'm in love with the Muffin Man, you know, so there's like puns sure. and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and then there's a monster in my bed. I'm also in love with that person. <laughs> so, but it's right. about a monster. Yeah, I got a lot of love. So I was just making funny love songs about random things, you know, but then it turns out there's these are topics that little kids like. And so then they yeah. love and, and the joke for Monster in My Bed is that I'm singing it like in a jazzy, cool, pretty way, slightly silly lyrics. But then um, then I then I'd make monster noises. And that yeah. always went over really well with grownups, you know, because I was doing yeah. this at, at bars all over the city in New York and Brooklyn and Manhattan. And when I get to the <laughs> part, people always jump and they always laugh. And it's really it makes me do a double take, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they they always laugh just and it's the same exact response I get from children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like without even like not even kidding. Like it's the exact same most of the time. <laughs> and I have a song called Procrastination. It's like a song. I'm going to write a song about procrastination. Yeah. And so that uh, I haven't written the lyrics quite yet. Like those are the lyrics, you know. And so sure. that always did well with grownups. But then then now I have these kids that know the word procrastination it ended up yeah. being a learning song but i literally just came into it just being silly yeah no theory, yeah. nothing behind it you know i just was making it just oh it happens to be a now there's a bunch of kids in brooklyn who know the word procrastination <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and i think lots of times people kind of almost like condescend or talk down to kids and it's like they're pretty smart they can pick up stuff if they want to if if they hear it enough and the heck they'll learn if they don't it's one of those things. And I don't know how other people do it either. You know, it's, yeah. I just know our little bubble of how we do things. I think a lot, you know, well, ha having spoken to quite a few people now, I mean, it's, that's definitely, I think people who work with children know, or who have children, they understand how intelligent children are. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, you know, the kindy world, all this music that's being created in the independent children's world um, which is, you know, different than the corporate children's music, which sometimes kindy musicians get hired to do, but the really true, like kindy music as it's called, right, in our kindy community, um, this means everyone's, people understand children, you know, so these songs are not pandering. It's been a really fascinating experience for me to meet and like, you know, he, be exposed to so just constantly so much children's music that's out there because it's there's a lot of us you know making music that just is not that is not pandering i think a lot of people who don't have kids they don't know that children's music isn't like for just babies right well or they know like the few groups right they know the okie dokie brothers they know yeah. laurie Bruner, they know the wiggles from way back when mm -hmm. you know and i think even as a you know, someone who teaches kids every day music, I feel like my world has really opened up to the scope of how many more musicians are really creating music specifically for kids. So it's been really a lot of fun to learn about, you know, the kidney groups and, and just get to listen to their stuff more now that we're in that environment as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and like, I'm making jazz music just because like, that's the type of music I play and I listen to. And I thought, you know, I might as well make a kids jazz album because they love it. Kids love swing. They love swing. When things swing, they love it. They dance. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. only dance to rock like they and the, and I I guess back to the point of every like people who don't really know kids think that kids music is just for little kids. Like they, Lori Berkner feels like it's for little kids. Okie dokie. That's for little kids. But there is a big 
you know, elementary, what you are making, I think is really important because that space when you're in elementary school, as you know, as a teacher, as you know, having children, that's an important time to be a kid. And I think that I'm coming to the understanding that age appropriate music, meaning silly songs, you know, stuff that's not over sexualized and mm-hmm. that is appropriate for that age is, is actually really important. And so what you're doing is you're creating music that's kind of it, I, I I read your music as music for kind of that kind of lost age. It's kind of yeah. that period that that there's not as the, yes, Disney Channel exists. And when I was younger, Lizzie McGuire and those type of things. But it's not right now. It, there's kind of a funky there's like a lack of media for elementary age children, I think. Yeah. And I think that you're filling that. And I think like elementary, they always kind of want to reach up and go, you know, because like, I mean, I have a daughter that's like, she's, she's going to be born, a freshman. Freshman, gosh. Um, but, you know, so it's like when you're younger, you always want to reach a little higher. So if our stuff's got a few complicated words, if you're seven or eight, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's that all about? Let's learn it versus you don't want to go down. But then it's like, yeah, pretty soon you jump into whatever's on youtube or tiktok or whatever it's yeah it's funny to watch the kids development even with our videos i got a kick out of my daughter we were filming i think pirates and parrots and she's like yeah it's it's my daughter's lexi and her daughter is gianna in there and she's like yeah we should probably do this now because like when we're 18 people aren't going to want to watch us jump around and dance around <laughs> in videos and i'm like well actually there might be a little more money <laughs> But yeah. I'm not I'm not going to be pushing that one, right? Uh, luckily, I have a whole school full of children, right? right. <laughs> Put your name on the waiting list. That's right. That's right. I'm kids who would I'm sure be happy to be part of it because and they enjoy it. Like our my kids at school, um, you know, they love singing along. They watch love watching the videos and I don't use it necessarily for teaching specific things. But like to your point of, you know, it kind of opens up kids' horizons a little bit more. We can, like, about your procrastination song. Well, we can talk about what a dermatologist is because kids don't know what that is. Right. But now they do. The best because, career ever. Because we've talked about it and we've explained well, what that is. So, um, yeah, that part's that part's fun. And even, like, the fun stuff, like, we were on the local news show performing live and then her students have heard her on Kids Place Live. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, like – you're famous and you're like oh actually i'm not it's, yeah. it's- I, i'll still be here next year <laughs> <laughs> but it just which is great too. But, 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 but i mean it shows like that the world i think there's always like these weird gatekeepers all the time like you know even like my daughter's gotten into the cake selling business and like she thinks you know like if you're not taught this you think like oh i can only do this and i need to go to school or do something like this in order to do it and at least like Hopefully by watching us, they'll be like, oh, I guess you can be idiots and send stuff out to places and they'll. And people will listen to your music. Yeah. I mean, you got to work at it too, but it's kind of cool. It shows that there isn't like some great like gatekeeper that's like, no, you know, you're stuck in your basement forever. I think that something also about children's music and children's musicians that I've been talking about is that it's a really local Mm -hmm. experience. You know, so it, yeah. you don't have to be huge. You don't have to be Casper Baby Pants or Lori Burke. You don't have to be Okie Dokie Brothers to be making actually a pretty profound impact because there are so many kids and there's so many being born right now. You know, our right. audience is never stopping. New yeah. people to discover our stuff. You know, somebody can discover this album 10 years from now and it'll be brand new to them. 
Right. Because they'll just have been born. <laughs> yeah. exactly. They've only been around for like three years. So this is brand 10 new. year anniversary tour of Dynamite. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And for that, it'll be like, you'll get people who are just born that year, you know, coming to you. That's so. right. The library. The so library. That's be great. Yeah. Because, and, and you know, it, it's, it's kind of this never ending space is never ending world and so there's always an just, audience yeah, oh, yeah your local and those are the people who are there to support you those are the people you know who are going to listen to your stuff over and over and share it with their family and friends mm-hmm. and and so that's really kind of what we're hoping for is we put our music out into the world that people just listen and appreciate it exactly and i think that you know i so i have um a song backwards alphabet and there's these little twin girls in my building i perform in my building monthly and Fun. they, they, these people, they, these little two little three year old or four year old people, they know backwards alphabet now. Like they can say it, <laughs> they can really fast as a thing they have. They love the song. They sing it. It's just, and it's like, okay, maybe if a million people don't hear it, you know, I would love that. But also, these two people that I have known since they were babies, they know the backwards alphabet just bec- literally because of me. Yep. Yep. Oh, I have a question. What's a what's one of the favorite songs of your students that they have of yours? Oh, right now they really love Jellyfish Chicken because oh, yeah. it's an easy one to sing along to. Um, so that's a favorite. Um, they also really like French Toast Day, and I think again it's because they can chant along with that. Right? Everybody loves to scream French Toast Day. Yeah. So anytime you know, and I'll use it my our videos sometimes at the end of class, we have like two minutes left. I'm like, Hey, you know, let's just, let's watch a quick video. Not all the time. Cause I don't want to sound like I'm just, you know, showing my music to my kids nonstop, but you know, and they ask for it too. They're like, can we watch this one? Sure. Why not? You know? Um, but those are the two they really ask for the most. They your really like your homework two. is to rack up 3000 YouTube <laughs> <Yeah>. hits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> The, the, what, there will be one A in this class and you will have <laughs> you will go home and loop French Toast Day. You know, I think though that was to kind of back it up though when, when Todd and I were first starting before we put out Dynamite that fall when we went back to school um, I used it I used a Silly String off that album in the first couple of weeks of school just for like a movement activity and as I was playing it, I didn't tell the kids who they you know that it was me or Todd, and they had nothing. They had no idea what time Tina was yet at that point, and they started singing along with the chorus a little bit. And I was just kind of watching them, and I'm like, okay, this is really something special that we have created because, like, they're picking it up really quickly, they're enjoying it, they're dancing and moving to it. And so I was like, okay, what we're doing is going to work, and kids are going to like it and listen to it. So that part was really exciting. And only a couple of classes would be like, this is Mondelli. That kind of sounds like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, in fact, it is. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is really exciting. I was saying you have your own focus group. Yeah. And it really kind of was like we could try things out. Yeah. Now we just use our kids. You know, my husband was saying, because I was feeling down, like I have this full out. Nobody even listened to, you know, he was like, well, you have that, those songs you it's still your stuff. You can do anything you want with it. You could make it a video anytime and it would be brand new again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just really the way people are consuming music now. Right. Unless it's a video in front of them or shared through somebody else or shared on TikTok or Mm -hmm. social media, people aren't going, Hey, I wonder what's new out in the kidney world. Yeah. They're just, or, or anything. They they aren't hitting refresh on the Todd and Tina Facebook. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's bookmarked yeah, every morning. That's where all the young people yeah. are. Oh, yeah, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're waiting for the courier pigeon to bring on oh, the new record. A... <laughs> no, um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, but it, the thing is, we're doing it, though, to have fun. I mean, even now, like, live, I'm like, oh, we should play the new one. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we got to play the songs people know. And, yeah. I mean, that means you're excited about the material, too, yeah. though. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can do both, you know. Yeah. yeah. And we do. It's, again, it's, it's, it's new to most it's new to a lot of the people because they've just been born in the past few years. That's yeah. right. You know, so that's something I, I've kind of been embracing and realizing like, oh, yeah, no, there's a new person. There's a new. Yeah, fan that was just born a second ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and then sometimes even like on stage with the banter, it's like, oh, I don't want to repeat that joke because Chrissy's heard it before. And like, you know, it's like, well, I got to have something new. You're like, well, these are but we don't. Well, because, we don't. Yeah. Um, it's just a new audience. Every yeah, time. well, exactly. But then you don't want to become complacent either, because otherwise, then you're just like, oh, I'm going through the motions. But and- even, but even, yeah, that's true. But even like I was going to say, you know, children also like to hear the same thing over and over. So that's right. Yeah. And look at Taylor joke. Swift. Yeah, she's doing the same thing every night, and people every seem to night. love it. And people are going <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that is what it is. People want to hear it. I mean, I have that with certain things. I want to hear the same thing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But oh. but as a quote unquote artists you also like I don't know I always just get I excited when we're yourself, yeah. exactly like I'm always like oh I send her I send Chrissy a voice I'm like here's a new sign I wrote this is awesome and then I'm like okay we gotta focus on these get the record done and then yeah yeah and we can move on because it's always fun when you're playing it brand new and then you get com- then you know and it's like oh we gotta do French toast day but then <laughs> then as soon as you have to play it live and kids are into it you're like, all right it's not that's that. right. awesome. yeah Well, Todd and Tina have a new album out called Bombastic. It came out January 5th, which is the first Friday of the year, and that's when all of their albums come out the first Friday of every year. Let's go ahead and listen to Aquaphobic Scuba Diver. Enjoy!
podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day!